The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, we do want to shout your praise, uh, the praise of the Savior, crucified, buried, but risen. And uh, we praise you for that, Lord. And I, and I pray that you take this time in our lives this morning and transfix our gaze, just to borrow those words from that song, but to, tra- to put our gaze upon you. Help us to see you, know you better. I pray in your name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. That was, uh, I was having a good time there. Good time was had by all. Hey, if you came in this morning, do you notice a little bit of a, like a humid feeling in here? How about, did you recognize that? You didn't notice that? Like a heavy humidity? What we're doing is we're going to set up a greenhouse and have like a survivalist uh, thing here. So we'll be growing a variety of different vegetables. No, what happened is uh, there are four of our heating units, water pumps, uh, what are they called, water furnaces, that are up behind me in the ceiling up here. And uh, one of them sprung a good old leak uh, yesterday. Well, I don't know when it sprung. It was discovered yesterday. I decided, hey, I checked the heat before I left yesterday morning. And as I walked down the hallway, there was a puddle in the hallway. Two of our rooms are flooded. So the kids, one group or two classes combined, and then one has moved over here today. But if you sense that humid feeling in here, tropics, we're in the tropics. Uh, so just you could just pretend that for today. We actually had already ordered one new heater for that's supposed to come next week. And uh, I think we'll be making it two <laughs> new heaters. Maybe we'll go for three. Maybe they have like a buy two, get one free sale. And uh, we'll see if we can get on, on that, but we'll try to make sure that we're warm before winter really sets in around here. Uh, get that taken care of. Church names are probably not real interesting to anybody else but me, but, uh, I, I, but it fascinates me. You know, I grew up in an age where there was the first Presbyterian Church, the First Methodist Church, the First Baptist Church. If they started another one of the same denomination, it was the second, uh, and the third, and the fourth, and in the big cities, they could get up to the ninth or the tenth uh, Baptist Church or whatever like that. Now, names are, that, that's kind of a fun thing to look at, okay? Uh, a couple of years ago, we looked at some of the more popular ones. City is still real popular to work the word city in there if you're starting a church. Like City Hope is real popular. Uh, one is called Destiny City Church. Dream City Church, okay. Um, Reality Church is a popular name. Elevated, a popular name. Anything that has risen or awake, those are popular right now. Uh, No, we're not changing the name. I'm just kind of throwing these out at you. I thought it was interesting, too, because we have uh, uh, some of these ones that fascinate me. Epiphany Station. You like that one? Where do you go to church? Epiphany Station. Uh, I'm all about that. Liberating Spirit, that's the name of church. Mercy Road, that's actually uh, down in Indy. They have some of those. Here's one that scares me just a little bit. The Nest of Love. Yeah, I I was alive during the 60s. I'm staying away from that one. Um, And uh, that creeps me out a little bit. You got Epic. I think there's an Epic one down in uh, Mishawaka. Submerged Church. The Alley. The Alley. Yeah, I wanted to go with the Berg. Nobody went for it. Uh, but we got the alley and uh, Vida Explosiva. I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds exciting to me. Uh, here's some of the worst ones. Sandals. One church just called Sandals. That's a resort. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe we'd get people to come. 
And, and the all-time uh, worst group I have down here, the, I'm just reading this, the Flippin' Church of God. I'm not kidding. That is the name of a church. Uh, how about this one, the Boring United Methodist Church? I don't know if that's the, the name of the town or not. I have a hard time thinking they'd say, hey, let's call this church the Boring Church. Uh, but um, there's one called the Church of I Am That I Am, okay, Halfway Baptist Church. <laughs> I don't know what they're halfway to, but uh, but they, they go with that. And then there's a, uh, th- this one you have to think about for a minute, but the Little Hope Baptist Church. Um, yeah, I understand hope, but Little Hope. <laughs> What's your church known for? We have Little Hope. Uh, not much, a little bit. Run for Your Life International Outreach Chapel. And this is the all-time worst one, and again, I'm just reading this, but this is the honest truth. This is the name of a church. It's called the Hellhole Swamp Baptist Church. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, now, you know, I'm weird enough that if I was in that town, I would have to visit that one time just to find out what in the world uh, is, going on, is going on at that place. But, you know, our church is pretty, I guess you'd say generic uh, as far as the name goes, community. Uh, We want it to be a community of believers. We want it to be an outreach to our community. So I guess that fits. But it doesn't really say a ton about our church. Uh, But do any of them. You you really have to investigate. Even the denominational, you you have all types of different Presbyterian churches, all types of different Methodist churches, all types of different Baptist churches. Well, as we take uh, last week and this week and look a little bit about what we believe about the church, I just wanted to mention that uh, I want you to understand a little bit because you might come in and say, well, you know, what type of church is this? Uh, What denomination are you connected to? What is like that? The answer is pretty simple. None. We are absolutely, completely connected to no one. Uh, we are not, uh, you say, well, wasn't it Baptist? Yeah, but we were independent Baptists. So we were very big into what is called the autonomy of the local church or that we uh, operate on our own. Now, that is something. Um, let, let me uh, s- switch to a uh, second here. Oh, no, let, let's just uh, stay with this for a second here. In moving forward as a church and in even preparing our church for the future, I have felt that it would be great to get uh, a connection. Now, let me explain. I'm not looking to join a denomination that would take over our church, uh, that would, uh, though they might pay for our heaters, but anyway, uh, but I'm not looking for a de- denomination to, to come in and, and control, you know, where they could say, okay, we're moving Pastor Josh to Minneapolis or we're moving Pastor Dan to the Bahamas, you know, or whatever. I'm not looking for uh, uh, anybody to, to do that, but, but we don't really have right now, if you want to say outside accountability, and we don't have any type of connection. You say, like, well, don't you go to conferences? There are a couple that I've gone to, but I go as a visitor. Uh, don't you have a group of pastors you meet with? No. I have a couple of friends that I call and, and, and are helpful there. But we thought to have accountability and support and also to have kind of a, an anchor or a mooring, you know, tied into some things that we, we believe, we want to look into some not really uh, – things where we become part of a denomination, but where we would become part of a network of churches. So we are investing those. And the next step will be when we've decided one that we're really interested in, we'll let you know what it is so you can kind of research it. Again, we're not looking at something that would be like they would take over and they would own our buildings and they would own us and everything like that, but something that would be support and also somewhat of an anchor. Okay, this is what we want to stay a church that believes this way in the Bible. 
So we're looking into that. I didn't want you to know that, and you'll hear more about that in the future as we get closer to do that. But in the meantime, um, we are going to look, you know, today again at what the Scripture says. We'll, we'll start with what our uh, website says about what we believe about the church. Here's what it says. It says, we believe that the local church, okay, is a group of called out, baptized, called out is a, is a word that uh, comes from the Scripture word for church, ecclesia, uh, baptized believers banded together for the purpose of worshiping God, receiving instruction in the Word of God, furthering the gospel around the world for observing the ordinances for prayer and for Christian fellowship. Now, we're going to take a look some more. Now, last week, we explored Acts 2.42, which lists four of those. We're going to run back through those kind of quickly, but I also want to talk about what we see in Matthew 28.19, which you might recognize as the site of what we call the Great Commission, and then John 4.24. So we're going to go through and, uh, and talk about these things just to have some idea of what, you know, what we want to be, you know, kind of explain that where we are. Uh, Pastor Josh mentioned mentioned in three weeks, I think, from today, we're going to have a meeting after church so you can ask some more specific questions. Uh, and seriously, we're trying to be as open as we can. You know, what does Pastor Josh make? You know, uh, in, okay, <laughs> I thought maybe you'd find that amusing. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's, all, that's all right. Okay, so we move back, and uh, the first thing on that list was worship. Now, that, the verse that they have in there is, that, is from John 4.24, where Jesus is having a conversation with a lady we just call the woman at the well. And uh, Jesus said this. He says, God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, somewhat quickly on this point, but um, the... Worship is not just to be the time that we spend 20, 25 minutes where we're singing, okay? Worship is a life, okay? Romans chapter 12 makes that clear that this is our reasonable act of worship that we ought to live our whole life. Our whole life ought to be about worship. However, one of the things we do as a church is we gather specifically to worship. There are two words that come out in here, in spirit and in truth. We think about that that's, that worship ought to be authentic and accurate, and that's what we want to strive for. First of all, that there is a heartfelt that it is real. Okay, this is something, and I mentioned this before, and uh, I deliberately sit up in the front row and so that I don't look around and watch everybody else during worship because I've told you I'm a very nosy person. <laughs> what are they doing over there? What are they doing over there? And I really want to take that time and focus on God and, and who He is. I want to really try to do that uh, because that's what I'm here to do. And I I want to encourage you to do that. There is a tendency, and I've been there, that no matter what the song service is, oh, that's the song service. I don't even have to be in there for that. You know, that's not what it's part of. That's just kind of setting the stage or anything like that. We're really not trying to just set the stage or prepare you for anything like that. We're trying to give you an opportunity to say, praise the one. Praise the one who died for me. And I hope you take advantage of that. You know, again, I, I mentioned this before. I don't care if your hands go up when you sing. I don't care if you sit on your hands. I don't care if you fold your hands and stuff like that. But we want it to be authentic. We want you to have some time to focus on who he is from the heart. And then the accuracy, uh, he should be worshiped in spirit and in truth. Uh, we want to, you know, sing the words that are true. And, uh, you know, praise him uh, for, you know, don't you love it when, when a song like that last one turns to the resurrection? It's just kind of like you want to jump up. Yes! Uh, that's great. Yes, there was Friday. Yes, there was death. Yes, there was the tomb. And 
but he rose again. And, uh, and we love to sing those truths and praise him in that way. So that's one of the things. And again, I'm not suggesting that worship is just the time in church. But we, and, and I need to say this again, too. You, you realize that uh, they pay me a salary. They pay they, you pay me uh, like that. The folks who come up here on Sunday mornings, I would list them, but I'm afraid I'd leave somebody off. Uh, do not get paid. And they, and they help us so much in worship. I'm so thankful for that. I love that. Uh, I would be, can you imagine, you know, if it was me and, uh, you know, well, let's, let's play some music and we'll try to sing along. Uh, how tragic that would be uh, that we would try to do that. So they help us do a great job with that. I have such a good time. I uh, listen to, you know, Barry adding some sounds back there and Kevin with the boom, 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 uh, like that. David, you were pounding away on that piano on that last song. I was having a good time uh, watch, watching you do that. But, uh, you know, I, I, that just helps us to, to sing and, and lift them up and, and praise him there. Okay, that's the worship. Now, the next four will hit kind of quickly because these are the ones we talked about from Acts 2.42. Okay, the first one is they gave themselves to the apostles' doctrine. We said to the Bible. Okay, I mentioned I've been looking into different church uh, organizations or everything like that. One that I was looking at this week on their website, they had a sermon posted entitled, I'm sorry, I really don't mean to make fun of people, but sometimes I just have to laugh. They had a sermon entitled, Seven Things You Can Learn from the Taylor Swift Eras Concerts. Yeah, that was just the title of the sermon. You want to know what they are? Uh, I, I did actually read through them. I don't remember what they are. So one is, you know, people like excitement. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what they were. Um, we are probably not going to have a lot of sermons with that type of title. Okay, uh, the, you know, how, what can you learn from Taylor Swift? We're probably going to have sermons that are more like, what can we learn from the book of Galatians? Uh, things like that. Now, generally speaking, I like to preach through, almost always, I like to preach through a book of the Bible. Okay, I say that because I'm not doing that now. We're doing some topical sermons. But the word uh, expository preaching is the idea that you are shining a light, you're exposing, you're showing the, you're bringing out the truths of the Word of God. That's what we want to go for all the time. For me, it is best, I think, that I stay with a book of Scripture and continue to work through it. I think that, that is very healthy. I say it like that because you may get in a situation where a pastor doesn't do that, but he does preach expository. He preaches the Word of God. That's, that's good, but that's what you want. You want a pastor that is focused on teaching the Word of God. You know, not, you know, seven lessons I learned from ice skating, you know. Uh, <laughs> I learned one lesson from ice skating. Don't. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so we're, we're focused on the Bible. Uh, fellowship, we talked about that last week, and I want to come back to that too because I got kind of preachy. I said, hey, you know, if, uh, if you don't show yourselves friendly, you won't have friends or anything like that. I wanted to explain something. I do understand church life, okay? I've been part of it for almost a half a century now. I do understand that sometimes uh, it's hard, uh, to connect and everything else like that. So I wasn't making light. But let's say I'm counseling on marriage, and, uh, you know, I, I've got uh, Billy and Peggy, uh, but uh, Peggy doesn't want to come in. Uh, so Billy comes in, and he starts telling me all the things that are wrong with Peggy uh, and everything like that. Okay, as a counselor, I can't do anything about her. She's not there. So I am going to address you because you're there. And I'm going to say, well, here's some things that you can work on. So Peggy's going to send you to see me this week. Uh, because I said, but, but, you know, there's no sense to me saying, yeah, you know what? She is up. You know, let's get her out of here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, hey, hey, here's what we can do because you're here. That's what I'm doing with this also at Fellowship. Do I understand that the church as a whole and our church has some issues? Yes, I do. 
But I can't do anything about that. But what I can do is say to you, hey, your responsibility as a child of God is to try to help other people grow in the Lord. So what are you doing about that? And you understand, I'm not trying to be like, uh, hey, we got no fault here. It's all your fault. That's not where I'm going at all. I know we have some areas to, to improve there. But what I'm saying is, hey, would you look and say, hey, God has called me as part of the family of God to help others grow closer to him, to help others know him better. What am I doing to do that? How am I part of that fellowship and growing and edifying other people? Ordinances, okay? Um, Last week, uh, we talked about the Lord's Supper, and we had the Lord's Supper. An ordinance is not a sacrament. There are things that we do together as a church. We're not saying these save you, but there are things that we practice as a church. In fact, I talked about the, the Baptist roots of this church, and the Baptists have two distinct ordinances. One of them is what we did last week. Uh, in in uh, 1 Corinthians, for I received from you, from the Lord, what I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Uh, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. You've heard these words. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is something that Jesus told us to do as we gather together. Proclaim the Lord's death by observing the Lord's Supper. And that's something that we will continue to do as an ordinance. The other one is baptism. Great passage on baptism here just to explain it. Do you not know that all of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Okay. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been uh, united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Baptism gives us a beautiful picture. Buried like him in death. We're dead in, in our sins. We're buried like him in that death, but, but raised like him to walk in newness of life. When we baptize, I often, I, I love to use that phrase, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. This is what happens. Uh, I try, and again, please, I'm saying I try. I try not to be dogmatic at places where God is not and, uh, you know, to be like, hey, this is what Pastor Dan thinks. I want to give you an example of that because it fits into what we're talking about. I believe that folks, and, and this is something I would always do and I want to encourage you to do, I, I think that you benefit from becoming a member of the church that you're part of, actually becoming a member, okay? I am not... Well, if you don't, you're, I, I'm, not, I'm not because, to be honest with you, I don't how is membership laid out in Scripture. They were saved. They were baptized. They were added to the church. Did they officially sign a paper or join stuff like that? Membership is a little bit cloudy. Now, I would encourage you, you know, somebody used the illustration, being a Christian without a, a, being a member of a church is like being a football player without a team, uh, and, you, and you want to plug in. And I would encourage you to do that, and, and I would ask you over the next uh, few weeks especially to be considering that. Uh, if you have some questions, come in a few weeks when we have that meeting and take a good look at that. But one area where I will be dogmatic is baptism. I think Scripture is just so clear about that. You read through the New Testament, and uh, that's what they did. You got, 
You trusted Jesus Christ, and you identify. You let some folks know you identified with him. You said, yes, I was dead in my sin. I identify with him in death, but I was raised uh, through the power of God to walk in new- newness of life, just like he is raised from the dead. I want to identify in that. So I will be dogmatic when I say, you know, I mentioned this before. If you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. Should I be baptized? Hey, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the answer is yes. Very simply, okay, I don't, you know, we want to talk to you about it and go through it, but, uh, but yes, you should. Okay, so we had the ordinances, then we had prayer. We talked about that some last week. Again, let me, let me say it like this, and please understand, I'm not saying this is all on you, but I do want you to, to know. Um, I, I know I saw John here this morning. He might be out in the hallway. Uh, there's a group of ladies that meet here. I just want to give you this example. They meet here on Wednesdays and pray. Here's why they do it, because... I don't know how long ago, Lorraine Shotwell said we need to have a prayer meeting, and she invited some ladies, and they meet every week. Now, Lorraine's in heaven right now, but, uh, but those ladies are still meeting and praying every, every week. Uh, what I'm saying is we are to be known as people of prayer. What do we need to, you know, where, where will Lord, Lord use you in that? Uh, who can you pray with? Maybe you're gathering with your small group and praying great. Maybe uh, men's groups and ladies' groups, that's great that you have a time of prayer. But we all, we all want to be part of that. We want prayer to be more and more. And I mentioned last week, to be in all honesty, I, don't, I think that's an area where our church together, uh, we definitely could get a big N on our report card for needs improvement. Okay, now, uh, these are the first five things they, they have in there. The one that I haven't mentioned yet is that idea of furthering the gospel. What is the church for? What do we gather for the furtherance of the gospel? We met Asa last week, uh, you know, missionary going around the world, and that's something that we have always done here is, is try to support some folks in the furtherance and the spread of the gospel. But we want to take a good look at the passage that goes with that, which, again, is, is somewhat familiar to many of us because it is known as the Great Commission. One of the organizations that we are looking at as far as a network of churches is called the Great Commission Collective. I hate that word collective. Sounds like a cult to me. But, uh, but it is a great, but it's, it's based on the Great Commission, okay? And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, right at the end of Matthew's gospel, go, therefore, and make what? Disciples of all nations, baptizing them, again, The next step, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. Now, the command of Jesus, the Great Commission, is to go and make converts. Oh, wait a minute. That's not what it says, is it? Go, therefore, and make what? Disciples. Okay, it is more than just try to get people to say, hey, this is uh, this is the truth of the gospel. Uh, You accept it, stuff like that. It is to actually make disciples. That is what we are called to do as a church that we want to do grow. So what is a disciple? Let's take a couple minutes. First of all, kind of a quick uh, definition by three words. A disciple is someone who knows Jesus Christ. Okay, not knows about Jesus Christ, but knows him personally, in that they have placed their faith and trust in Christ to be their Savior. Not that He is the Savior, but that He is my Savior, because I have asked Him for forgiveness of sin. The second step, you're to show people. That's where baptism comes in. How am I going to show them that I know them? I'm going to be baptized. And thirdly, that is somebody who is in the process, a continual process of growth. 
okay? A disciple is somebody who knows him, has shown people that he knows them, and they are in the continual process of growing. That's what they're doing. Now, we're going to go a little bit further and talk about how this discipleship is demonstrated in our lives because we are called not simply to be converts, but we are called to be uh, disciples. If we are going to be disciples, as she is called, we are going to, first of all, live like he lived. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Okay? This is real simple. I just looked up some different verses where Jesus talked about being his disciples. If you abide in my word, if you obey, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago we've had a lot of uh, Gigi and Pop time lately. Um, we're, you know, different times with the grandkids. You know, we'll, we like to stress the word, hey, you want to make sure you're obeying now. You want to obey. Well, one time I will not identify the grandchild, but the, he just looked straight at me and said, I don't like to obey. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes we're all like that. I don't really care for that idea. That sounds nice, but I don't really like it. But, you know, the thing that we have found, no, notice that Jesus says uh, we're obeying his word, that this truth, it will do what? It will do what? Set you free. I read a story of a guy in prison this week. He said, it's amazing. He said, so many things uh, in my life that I was doing thinking I was free. He said, I had to come to prison and find Jesus Christ to actually find freedom. But there is freedom in obedience to Christ that sometimes we miss. Just going back to the grandkids here for a second, uh, you know you know this. I mean, whether they're grandkids or your kids, you know how much easier and more fun and enjoyable life is, how much freedom there is when there is obedience. You know, when there is that safety, when there's that peace that comes from that, how great life is and how chaotic it becomes with disobedience. Well, that's, again, God's laws are not burdensome to us. They're not grievous. God's laws are for our good. So our obedience produces that freedom. Our obedience produces that peace in our lives when we obey him. So the first thing I look at, hey, is this a priority in my life? Are there areas in my life where I I know what God would have me to do? I know what his word says. I know the truth, but I'm not interested in being obedient. Well, one of the uh, definite marks of being a disciple is that I am going to be obedient. I want to live like he lived. I want to live in obedience to him. A second thing we're going to do is we're going to love like he loved. Jesus said this, little children, yet a little while I'm with you and you will seek me just as I, I said to the Jews. So now I also can... Uh, also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you that you do what? That you love one another just as I have loved you. And you also are to love one another. So, hey, you're following me. Here's what we're going to be. Now, let's think about it. If we're going to love like he loved, um, we can use this word, I think, unconditional in the sense that it is not works-based. We don't love based on what other people can do for us or what other people, how they respond to our love. We love because that is the right thing to do. Uh, a enduring love. Jesus said in this, uh, or the scripture says in the Psalms that uh, God says he has loved us with an everlasting love. 
okay? It is an enduring love. It's going to make it. It is most definitely a sacrificial love. There is no word that describes our king better than servant. He is the servant king uh, that he would serve others. So if we are his disciple, this will be demonstrated in our lives, that we are loving unconditionally, that we are loving uh, sacrificially, that we are loving uh, eternally uh, in the sense that it is not ending, uh, an everlasting love in that, in that way. And a third thing, uh, we want to look like he looked. Now, um, Jesus uh, talked about the idea of bearing fruit. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to me by that you are my disciples. Okay? Uh, that you bear much fruit. That somehow these things are showing up in our lives. Now, what type of things are we talking about when we talk about fruit? Okay? Great place to start. Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit. But as we have love and joy and peace and these things that, uh, that are in our lives, that God's, that God's Spirit produces and grows in our lives, this is most definitely a mark of a disciple, a mark of a, if you want to say it like this, a true follower. Now, let me, let me go ahead. I think I want to show you one more verse. It's a verse I referenced last week. Um, from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Okay, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Just think about that phrase for a second. This is a great activity. How can I, let us consider, let us think about, how can I help somebody else spiritually? I think that is an accurate paraphrase. Stir up others to love and good works. How can I help them grow spiritually? How can I be a help to somebody else? Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is. The uh, King James there would say, for not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. I mentioned last week that this verse becomes, and this is, this is sad. The pastors should not do this, but they do. Uh, this verse becomes ammo. Yeah, I want to pull out this verse. You skip church? Go read Hebrews uh, 10.25. I didn't see you at church, you know, that, that idea. I know that because it was so powerfully used in my life when I was younger. Uh, I was scared to death to miss church. I think, I was, I was going back through this, I think I went about 20 years and missed church twice. Once I was in an infirmary with pneumonia, once I was in the hospital because I had my spleen out. I don't think I missed any other time. I said, didn't you go on vacation? Yeah, but we stopped at church because you get at church on Sunday morning. Okay, so this verse sometimes is taken to be incredibly legalistic. Like, you know, hey, if you're not there, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a terrible thing. And if you're planning on going elk hunting and missing next Sunday, that would be just wrong. Uh, Cur Curtis and Josh are heading out to Colorado to go elk hunting. Uh, and, but they're not excited about it at all. Uh, they'll be glad to tell you about it later. But, you know, I, and, and it is used like that, okay? And I don't really think it is to be used legalistically as a tool to beat people up or anything like that. But listen to what it says here. Uh, we are to don't neglect this. You need to come together. Why? Uh, you need to encourage one another, and much the more as you see the day. Well, what do you think the day is approaching? Yeah, it's Jesus' return. Now, I, I want to address again, you know, where we are as far as the uh, wonderful world in which we live in the world news. I, I actually, I read this this morning. I thought, well, I'll turn on the news for a couple minutes, and I did. What is the banner at the bottom of the news? It's Israel preparing for a ground invasion. Uh, and then the interviews that they were doing up on, on the top of the screen were talking about the U.S. preparing and moving, uh, you know, their, their ships into the, har um, into the 
uh, sea, Mediterranean Sea and, and every, everything like that. And you look at those things. And, and I want to say again, I am not, you know, this is it, folks. This is, <laughs> this is a big one. Forget it. We're not even paying for the heaters. Uh, it's coming. I'm not, I'm not going there at all. And I'm not suggesting, hey, we need to stop living our lives. And, and we do need, we have the humidity in here. So we'll start growing our own crops here. I'm not suggesting anything uh, uh, like that. But what I am saying is, this is kind of clear. Do these things point to the day of the Lord? Yeah. They do. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I don't, I'm not giving you a date. I'm not saying when. I again, I've said before, I don't know if I'll see that, if it'll be in my lifetime, your lifetime, your lifetime. Uh, I don't know. But what I do know is these things are pointing to it. You see that day approaching. And if you don't, look at the news. You, you, you'll see that day approaching, the different things going on in our world. So as we see that, it, it becomes extra important that we be connected to the body of Christ. And we become part of that. And listen, I, again, I want to be as honest as I can here. As I said, I've been part of churches for real close to a half a century now. And I know that church hurts are, are real. Okay, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, there have been places, uh, maybe because of leadership. I mean, and think about it now, even uh, no matter how many times I'll, I'll say to you, hey, you don't lift up people, you don't look at people, uh, people are human and they are failed. Still, I mean, if you heard Francis and I were embezzling money and, you know, whatever, running off to, where do we want to go? Uh, <laughs> we need to get a plan. If we're going to do this thing, let's do it right. Uh, but uh, but uh, wherever we want to go to, or if you hear, you know, something, you know, that our marriage is not as it appears and, and uh, things are falling, you're, you're going to be like, it, it's, it's tough. And many have been hurt by things like that. Many have been hurt by other people within the church. Many have just plain been burned out. They've been used to the place and manipulated to the place where they've been, they've been hurt by church world. I get that. I really do. I'm not. I'm not in any way saying all oh, that. That's not a real thing. But what I, I always come back to is I think the Scripture teaches very plainly that this is God's plan, okay, that there be his church and that there be the local church, okay? I, I think that's what they did that, uh, throughout Scripture. And with the flawed individuals, I should go back to some of the names uh, that I skipped over here of, uh, you know, churches that is, is just kind of uh, capturing the idea that we're all, in a, we're all kind of a mess, uh, but, uh, you know, Church of the uh, Broken People, and uh, I can't find them. Oh, never mind. Uh, bad, bad preparation there. But uh, the, uh, the, the idea that we understand that this is a flawed group, okay, this called-out assembly is a flawed group, that, that we get that. But this is still what God has called us to plug into. And, um, you know, some, some, wow, do you really need to go to church? <sighs> I think we're going to have to say yes. I, th I think I, I have to say that on that. Yes, you, you, you need that. That's God's plan. That's, that's, how he, that's how he sets it up. So, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to uh, be in attack mode at all. Obviously, I wouldn't be with a group of you that are, that are here. But how important that is that we stay committed to that idea and the body of believers, even though we know that it's flawed. You know, the illustration they use is this. If you say uh, to me, uh, hey, Dan, we really like you. <laughs> you have to use your imagination on that one. Uh, but if you were to say to me, Dan, I really like you. I think you're a good guy. But your wife, okay, that is a problem. Okay, now you know this. I mean, you know this even if I didn't like my wife. You can't say something like that because the defense kicks in. You, you know what I mean? That's not going to fly. We like you but not your bride. 
It does not fly. And that's the message that many people want to give to God. Yeah, we like Jesus, but the church, which is his bride, not so much. And that really doesn't fly either. And I, I hope I've communicated clearly. I'm not saying that uh, we have perfection here perfection throughout the church of God. I'm not saying the church hurts are not real. There's support groups for folks who've gone through different things and all types of websites where they get on, and I understand some of those things. I really do. But bottom line is that God has still designed that the church be what he is going to use moving forward. So we want to stay connected. We want to stay plugged in as far as that goes. May I challenge you this morning as the worship team comes back up so we, we close in a song. May I challenge you this morning just to Think about the whole idea of, am I a convert? First of all, am I a convert? Have I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ? But, or am I a disciple of Jesus? And look at some of the characteristics. A disciple is somebody who is growing, and therefore they are learning to live like he lived, love like he loved, look like he looked, and follow after him in that example. It's easy to use the word follower, but maybe if you really look at it, am I really following after him? And then the second thing, you know, how God would lead you as far as a further connection to the body. Um, I hope, yeah, I hope is, boy, Pastor, you need to preach on this so, you know, we get more people that are members. I hope you know that's not what's going on here. Uh, I hope you know that what I am saying is what I I truly believe that this is God's intention as far as God's plan, God's specific plan, is that we be connected together. And when we look at our world and we see these different signs, not just the wars, not just the wars, but everything. Remember, we went through lists of different natural disasters and, and different just ways people behave in rejection of God. And we, as we see all that going, folks, we see the day, that day coming. We see that day that is drawing near, as much the more then we need the body of Christ. Okay, hopefully that is the message that's coming across because that's what I want it to be. Father, um, I thank you. Thank you for the church, Lord. Uh, we do know that uh, you know, even sitting here today, I'm sure there's folks who struggle listening because uh, they've had some bad, hurtful experience in their past. But, Lord, I pray that you would work uh, helping them to find healing for those and helping them to get reconnected to your body. Lord, I don't know when and exactly what's coming, but I do know that that day of the Lord is approaching, and I do know that the signs leading up to it uh, make for harder times. And, Lord, I pray that those harder times, <laughs> we know in every situation, sports, marriage, everything else, harder times can divide and harder times can unite. And I pray that the harder times that come facing your followers, your disciples, would serve to unite us in our purpose in following you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.